and she has helped her clients plan and she has helped her clients click. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she has. <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Brand Cure. I'm your host, Ashley Chimey, and I'm here to help you embrace your vision, tell your story, and build your one of a kind brand so you can thrive by being you and leave your mark on the world. Today is my dear friend Chelsea Wallace, who was recently featured by Yahoo Finance among the top 10 launch strategists to watch in 2021. Her Synergy launch method is about more than just the external moving pieces of a launch, but also the inner game, mindset work, and self care necessary to make your launch a beautiful, fulfilling experience for you and your community. What I want you to know before we get started is when we recorded this episode last year, Chelsea was just incubating and exploring this idea. She was in a period of some uncertainty about her direction, which she talks about in this episode. And those of us who've been in business for a while know that this can be an uncomfortable space to be in, but it's a necessary phase in the cycle of growth and creation and evolving our business. Our very best ideas take time and space and a lot of patience so they can put down roots and grow and flourish as they've done so beautifully for Chelsea since we talked. So if you're in a season of uncertainty in your business, I hope this episode is so nourishing for you and gives you some new insight into launching your next offers consciously, intentionally, and joyfully. So Chelsea Wallace is a launch strategist and copywriter for coaches and consultants launching high-ticket programs, masterminds, retreats, and VIP days. Basically, any premium service you want to launch and do it well, Chelsea is your girl. She has helped her clients plan and conduct million-plus dollar launches. And not only that, what I love most about Chelsea is that she has launched in a conventional slash traditional sort of way, but now she really focuses on launching in a way that's ethical and responsible and that honors your own energy and your needs and the energy and needs of your community. So if you have been through launches before and they have felt gross or overwhelming and you want your next launch to feel more aligned for you and aligned with your values, you are going to love what Chelsea is sharing with us today. So welcome, Chelsea. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, friend. I so appreciate being on your podcast. (laughs) I am so, so excited. So where I'd love to start is just by hearing from you in your own words a little bit about who you really love to serve and why, and just why you love what you do. Yeah, um, that has changed. (laughs) That has changed widely over the course of my entire online journey. You know, when I first started out, it was a lot of content creation and writing. And now kind of like what you said, I really love serving coaches and consultants in a very strategic and best co-pilot role. I just love supporting amazing women walking out their missions in the world. And I feel like your mission shouldn't have to come at the cost of your well-being and your health and your morals and ethics and at the cost of anybody else. So the people who I really love to serve right now are those who are aware of those things, are those who they're in the online business space because they have something that they know is of service and they're committed to bringing that thing into being 
in a way that is honoring on all fronts and is really true. And it might cost them to bring that into being that way because it's not, like you said, it's not the traditional way of doing it, you know? So it might look like less high dollar launches. It might look like you don't do all the moving pieces of a typical launch. You scratch Facebook ads, you scratch your email and just keep it super simple. Whatever that looks like for my clients is my responsibility and my honor and my privilege really to help them figure that out and give themselves permission to honor exactly where they're at. They're able to bring this thing into the world with just true grace and see the effects of it, you know, and see the impact of it and be really thrilled with the fact that this thing that they had desired to birth is coming into the world in all the ways that they had envisioned it coming into the world and more. Wow. I love all of that. And I think it kind of reminds me, anyone who has been in a job that did not fulfill them knows that starting a business is in some ways a form of self-care because you're walking away from what has no longer served you and you're deciding to embrace something that you truly care about, that um, it's not only self-care, it's also caring for other people. And I love that you are creating this um, this space for people to do that in a way, not only to do the thing that they really want to do, but also to do it in a way that's aligned for them and that feels good. I think that that's so important because we sacrifice a lot. You know, you sacrifice comfort and security to build a business. And like you said, it should be the way that you envisioned it being and bringing it into the world in the way you envisioned. So I just love that. Absolutely. And there is such beauty and grace and fulfillment to be found in exploring, okay, what does alignment actually look like? I'm not going to force myself and push myself to check all the check boxes of a traditional launch. Where am I actually at right now? And what would a, an aligned launch strategy look like for my level of energy and for my level of emotional health right now? Like, mm -hmm. am, I at, am I at a full tank to be able to do a launch or am I at, ha at half and do I need to choose a launch strategy that aligns with that, you know? I, I think there's just so much fulfillment and peace to be found in doing things that way and asking those questions and exploring those answers. And we yeah. don't normally associate fulfillment and peace with launching. <laughs> no. And so we're bringing those words back into the launch experience and the whole concept of what it looks like to bring an offer into the world. Ah, oh, so good. So good. And you have talked recently about the new launch normal, I think is what you've been calling it. So can you tell us a little bit, I know that you've started kind of unpacking this, but can you tell us what the new launch normal is all about and why why it's so essential right now, but just why it's so essential always as well. Yeah. So I've circled around this idea and this concept for years. Um, but I think it's always been important because we all know and we all feel that something's kind of icky. That that's the like that's the truth. We feel it. And we feel it when we're doing it too. And we're just like, eh, I don't really want to be okay. And we just kind of force ourselves to keep going and keep doing it that way because that's the way that we've been told that it's been done. That's the way that we've been taught. Now more than ever is the time to stop and question the things that we have always agreed with and examine 
how they are affecting us, how they're affecting those around us and how they're affecting the environment that we live within. With that in mind, just really asking the questions. For me, that's where it starts. And that's what this is all about is asking the questions and being true enough to answer honestly and give yourself permission to answer honestly and then receive that answer as a kind of a signal into a new direction. I think it's more important now than ever because people are looking for people who are being considerate, who are being present, who are being ethical, who are being responsible with their power. And every one of us as coaches and consultants, when we have a platform online, people following us, we have power. We have privilege. There are a lot of people in the world that don't have what we have. And I think it's our responsibility to recognize that and to respond to that position of power in a way that is responsible (laughs) in a way that is considerate and people are more and more looking for that people are conscious and cognizant of it I mean that's where we see things like cancel culture come in because people don't feel like these people that are in power have measured up social power right Um, have measured up to whatever considerate, ethical, moral, responsible standard that they've set. And so we cancel the people. And I'm not necessarily making an argument for or against cancel culture. I'm just saying that people are looking, they're watching. They want to see somebody who is present and intentional and openly considerate of all the beings in Mm -hmm. their world. Yes, And so... um, at this point, more than now, now more than ever, it's a really powerful thing for us to begin to forge new ways for ourselves. So good. And I'm going to just jump onto something that you said, because I feel like, I feel like maybe someone who's listening, who has not seen examples for themselves and not felt the ickiness that you're talking about, what would be a before and after that you've seen before the new launch normal in kind of the conventional way where it creates that icky feeling, where it feels inconsiderate of your community's needs and the people around you versus something that can be a little bit more um, ambitious in how far it reaches to be more ethical, more responsible, more considerate. Like, Can you give us an example of what that might look like or just something that you have seen? Sure. Um, I think anything that induces fear in order to get people to take a particular action, I'm always like, eh, I don't really know that that's my prerogative. You know, like, I th- it feels like an abuse of power to me because I'm here. I'm not your parent. I am no relation of yours. <laughs> I am not your government. I am nothing to you, right? But here I am telling you that if you don't buy this now, you're missing out and your life is going to be this. And these are the consequences that you're going to experience. And and the offer expires in 24 hours. So if you want it, you got to get it now. Actually, 15 minutes. Right. (laughs) So if you want it, you got to get it now or your entire life will be screwed. That just doesn't feel quite good to me. And that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you can feel the subtle, I can feel the subtle undertone of it when I listen and when I um go through a funnel like that that's that's one icky feeling and I think an alternative that I've been thinking about and exploring 
would look something like at the front of the funnel, really just focusing on quality over quantity content. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't have the patience for quality content anymore. The instant gratification gene that we've cultivated over the past several decades is not at all satisfied with consistent content creation. This is why, like, I believe personally, YouTubers have some of the hardest, like, jobs in our space because they have to work really hard at creating content. And it takes a lot for it to be good. But I think it works because I have personally ended up on somebody's YouTube channel or even like a blog. Blogs still exist, y'all, and they still work. (laughs) I have ended up on somebody's blog before. Actually, this is the perfect example. I've ended up on this guy's blog and he's Turkish in Turkey. So I know nothing about this man, right? I'm, I'm Jamaican. My world is, my virtual world is US and Canada. I have like, Turkey is not even on my radar. Ended up on this guy's blog, actually spent a good four to five hours binge reading his content. No joke. Four to five hours on a blog, binge reading content. And I was like, this is, um, this guy is a genius. I have to buy from him. Like, where is the the money thing? Somebody (laughs) point me at the pay button. Like, I need to give this guy my money ASAP. So it it wasn't a funnel. It wasn't a Facebook ad. Mm -hmm. It was reading well-created content. And content that fascinated me about who he was, um, content that drew me in, in terms of his concepts and his beliefs and the way that he does marketing. And some of my best copywriting lessons ever came from him. And so, and, and actually buying that course is probably one of the few purchases in my entire online business cadre of purchases that I have not regretted. And trust me, there have been a lot. I have spent like a a shameful amount of money (laughs) like over I'm sure over 50k (laughs) in like (laughs) online courses and stuff it's ridiculous and half more than half of them actually 85% of them I have not finished wow but his course out of all of those is the one course that I'm like this was money damn well spent I am so happy about this purchase and you don't get that feeling with online purchases very often. And you talk yourself into the purchase instead of being drawn in, instead of being fascinated, instead of experiencing, oh my goodness, this person, when I'm in their world, I get it. Mm-hmm. When I learn from them, I'm so excited. And this person is somebody that I want to invest in. That kind of choice and that kind of, um, fulfillment in that choice and and convictedness in that choice doesn't come from a timer. It doesn't come from a Facebook ad. It comes from that individual creating from a place that of alignment, from a place of this is my energy right now, and this is what I'm I'm choosing to do with that energy. And I'm not trying to do all the extra stuff and the fang dangles. I'm just meeting my energy where it's at and producing something in the world that I feel is valuable and of service. And so I think if we as individuals are 
able to wrestle with meeting or energies with or things that we want to bring into the world and from that place actually walking out that birthing so to speak of that thing um it's a really powerful thing and it creates that fascination it creates that drawing in of people that then makes it easy for them to choose you instead of making a choice because there was a timer on the page that it's so fascinating that this idea started four years ago and it just goes to show me and and all of us listening like some of your best ideas some of your most insightful thought leadership is going to take time to evolve and marinate and to simmer and sometimes you need new information sometimes you need new experiences to help continually open your eyes before the thing really becomes a thing we have this instant gratification thing that is not at all fond of it's gonna take time. Like, <laughs> that phrase is the worst phrase you could tell any kind of online business owner ever. Also because I think a big premise of online business is the quick turnaround time. Like, you don't have to rent a brick and mortar place. You don't have to go through all these things. You can just, you know, publish and it's supposed to have a quick turnaround time. But yeah, some, some of our best and most impactful, meaningful contributions in the world are going to take time. They have to ruminate. And that is exactly as it should be. Yes. I love it. I love it. And I love the <laughs> distinction that you made between, I think of it as like fear versus hope. And mm -hmm. as you pointed out, buyer's remorse it's just more, it's more common when you've bought based on fear, based yes. on, I don't want my life to be terrible. Yes. I don't want to miss my chance forever. Yes. But if you can inspire someone to see that something awesome is available to them and that they can make something really beautiful happen and help them see themselves in a story that they're excited about, that's a totally different thing from inciting fear and pushing all of someone's buttons. And mm -hmm. uh, I always pay attention when I, when I get to the end of a, a sales funnel or a pitch or something, and I feel like I'm going to be doomed if I don't buy the thing, I never, ever buy. <laughs> I, that's so good, Ashley. Like, I commend you. I've actually been thinking a lot about, like, is there something out there? And, and please, if y'all know, if you, all of Ashley's lovely listeners, know the answer to this, like, share it. Is there something out there that trains you to, like, watch for certain things? And just be like, oh, this pitch has this. That probably means they're trying to manipulate. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to do it. You know, watch for the triggers so that when they happen, you are aware and decide against purchase. Because it's so easy to just follow the triggers right into putting down your credit card. Yes. Um. So I love that, like, you are watching for it and aware that if I feel like I'm doomed, if I don't buy this thing, I'm probably not doomed and I won't buy it. It's all good. <laughs> right. Yes. And on the flip side too, I think watching for the triggers that are like, oh, I'm so excited yes. to buy this thing. Or you're like fingers hovering over the thing and you're like, I can't yes. wait to buy this thing. I can't wait to experience it. Like paying attention to those things too, because there's something that that person is doing that you can mm -hmm. learn from. And if 
if you feel good making a purchase, duplicate that and repurpose it for your community and give them that feeling too. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I, I actually, I don't know if you want to create a podcast episode on that, but you should because I need to learn more on that too. Like that's good. We're all learning. <laughs> Uh, well, I just love hearing about that from you. And I, I'm wondering if you can share with us, if there's someone who's listening who is like, yes, I want to start launching, or maybe I want to plan my first launch in a way that um, that is considerate of my community and that inspires instead of induces fear. What kinds of tips might you have for someone? You already mentioned like really focusing on your your content at the, at the start that to make it as, as meaningful and as magnetic as possible and really invest time into making it good. Are there other tips that can be helpful for someone who's planning a launch or even someone who's in the middle of a launch? Yeah. Giving yourself permission to let it be what it is. And I know that that is very much against, and this is for people who are like in the middle of a launch right now and are listening to this and they're like, oh crap, my launch is exactly what Chelsea's describing. I don't want it to be. <laughs> um, I, I know that giving it permission to be what it is, is not what's conventionally taught. And it might probably feel uncomfortable for you because that might mean that you don't post as often on social media during your launch. You're not as visible as you thought you were supposed to be, but the reason why you choose not to be as visible might be because you just don't have the energy, you know, and you want to show up in a way that's honoring to yourself and to your people so that you can give them your best when you do show up. So you might decide to do two lives a week instead of going live every day. You might decide that it might require you to not send out 50 bajillion sales emails. <laughs> and you might just decide that, you know, you're going to do three. And again, uncomfortable because you're feeling like, oh, I'm missing out on the chance to give people another touch point in order, because, you know, there's this whole thing of like, what, seven or nine or 11, some number of touch points before people buy. <laughs> and so during a launch, you're supposed to ensure that you're giving them those multiple touch points so they can make that decision. And um, it might feel like if you cut back on your sales emails, you're not doing that. And so you're going to lower your sales and all these things. And so it might feel uncomfortable, but above any, everything else, I think in the middle of a launch, you're giving yourself permission to be your best when you show up for your people. If you push and you strive beyond where you're at, you may get the result you want. You probably won't. And even if you do, the fulfillment that you expected to feel, you miss out. And furthermore, the very people that you're supposed to serve after they book <laughs> into the program, you can't even serve them because your energy is not even at zero anymore. It's like negative 50 bajillion. <laughs> so like, there is literally, I've, I've worked with clients before when I was doing the whole traditional launch thing. I've worked with clients before who they did one launch after another, two, launch, two consecutive launches. And my dear friend and client was so burned out that she had to take two weeks off. When the program was supposed to start immediately after doors closed, she had to take two weeks off. And she had to profusely apologize to people, do all the things, you know, to make up for it because she legit was like, she was sick. 
She was physically yeah. sick, emotionally burnt out. And how many of us have gone through that before? Like we've gone through launches where we've gotten sick, you know, at the beginning, middle or end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so to me, it's just, it's a symbol. It's a tap on the shoulder to say, hey, what are we doing? Do we actually want to do it this way and continue doing it this way? Is that what we want? So that's kind of suggestion for people in the middle of a launch, letting it be what it is, even if it's uncomfortable for you. And then for those who are wanting to plan their first or next launch, really paying attention mm -hmm. to your energy. And if you've launched before, what was your energy like in those three phases? You know, before your launch, during your launch, after your launch, what was your energy like? What felt good for you in those three phases and what felt not good for you? And in your next launch, how do you want to do differently? If it's your first launch, I would really encourage you to think about what you do want your energy to feel like and look for a strategy that feels, oh yeah, this energy matches this strategy. Because if your energy, if you want your energy to feel peaceful and calm and thankful, but you choose a strategy with a lot of moving pieces, those two are naturally in opposition of one another. That's just, I mean, quite frankly, that's just the truth of it. It's the simple that creates calm, peace, and gratitude. It's not the complicated. The complicated yes. creates more results. And it's probably for people who are further along who want to scale. But then at that point, you probably want to have energy of like excitement and impact and momentum. A lot of like moving pieces will match that energy, right? Because that kind of movement and forward momentum and all the doing all the things feels, oh, we're progressing, we're moving forward. And so those moving pieces can match that energy. But if you want your launch to feel peaceful, <laughs> serene, calm, <laughs> moving pieces will not match that energy. So what's a simple strategy to help you launch that will match that energy, keep you aligned, keep you settled and within yourself so that when you show up, you can give your best to your people. Ah, oh, so good. I love that. I, and I think that that applies to just about any area of your business. When you're gearing up for something, when you're planning something, like deciding how you want it to feel and envisioning how you want to show up and be, when you do that first, all of the other pieces fall into place around it. Yeah. And just um, to mention really quick about the content thing too, too, as well, that's, that's like just one thing, you know, that's one method that I've been thinking about and exploring and I've just been fascinated with, but that doesn't necessarily, that isn't necessarily a characteristic of the new normal per se. Um, it might be for you, it might not be. So again, weigh all of these things against where you're at and where your energy is at and align them. Yes. Ah, thank you for sharing that with us. So I actually want to pivot a little bit and ask you a little bit about your journey as a business owner. And my first question around that is just tell us a little bit about what you were like back then and how you are the same now <laughs> and uh, sort of what the through lines have been for you. How have you remained the same, but then also how have you changed over time as a business owner? <laughs> well, I've always been laughy. <laughs> So that's one way I've stayed the same. I love that um, about you. <laughs> thank you, friend. Um, I, I think I have stayed persistent, if 
nothing else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't know that I, I wouldn't necessarily like look at this and this, this characteristic of myself and say, oh, this is tenacity. But it is. It's a really kind of light or seemingly light tenacity. But I keep showing up. And as much as like in the beginning, my parents were not happy <laughs> with this whole <laughs> online business. Decision. I remember that phase too. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, millennials can feel that in general. But um, yes. as a Jamaican, a black woman who my parents and myself sacrificed a lot to go to the U.S. and study biology. Mm. only to come home and be sitting on my couch not doing anything with that extremely expensive degree <laughs> like at all and just in front of my laptop all day I remember days when my parents would leave because I live with my family my parents would leave and then come back home and when they left I'd be on my laptop and they'd come back home and see me on my laptop and just be like what have you been doing all day this cannot continue there were serious rifts and um, arguments during that time. Um, but I think that that tenacity and that decision that I'm going to keep showing up because this is somehow worth it to me. And I don't necessarily know why. I just know that nothing else allows me the freedom to do what I'm doing now. Because yes. if I was going to go to corporate, like, no, this would not be my life and I would not be as happy and thankful as I am right now. I mean, not that I'm sure. I'm sure there would have been things to be thankful about, but yeah, I just, I think that the tenacity and the persistence has remained the same. In terms of what has changed though, I think I'm a lot more willing to not listen to like all the things that people say you're supposed to do. Um, because when I first started, I was very eager to meet all the checkboxes and standards. And anybody who I really found that was doing well in the industry, and that was a variety of people, you know, all the gurus and experts, I was very enthusiastic uh, in terms of my praise, in terms of when, I, when and how often I showed up for them. And in that learning phase, it's easy to be in that place, you know, when you're figuring out what it is that you want to do and your skill set and how you want your business to look. And that take again, that takes time. I'm pretty sure that took me, this is my fifth year in business. I'm pretty sure that took me the first three years <laughs> mm. because I was still very much like the eager beaver buying all the books and all the CDs and all the things and all of this and the that and that CDs. They didn't have CDs. What am I talking about? <laughs> CDs are still a thing. Are they? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very much the eager little beaver trying to, I think, please and validate my existence in this space by virtue of showing up for all of the other people who are doing well in this space. Now I'm a lot more willing to not show up for anybody at all. <laughs> To miss the live streams and the webinars, to connect with people on a real yeah. level. Like Ashley and I built a relationship literally from just the DMs, you know, from checking in with one another, from talking to one another, from connecting around like-minded things and actually building a relationship. And that's real and honest. <laughs> and she checks in with me and I check in with her and we have real conversations and it's not 
just like I care about her business and she cares about my business, but we care about each other as people and we show up for one another mm-hmm. as people. And so I'm a lot more willing to invest in relationships, not because they have business benefit, but because I see that she believes what I believe. I believe what she believes. We have some commonality here. Let's connect and group together. So um, long-winded answer. But those are so oh, nice. Such a good answer, though. <laughs> I feel so honored to have been mentioned in it. <laughs> but I think that you make such a great point. I mean, when you're when I look back on my journey as an entrepreneur, I have a handful of people that I just trust as fellow business owners that, like you said, like we believe roughly the same things, we have the same values. And that is so much more valuable to me, having that relationship, having that trust built up than just having another seat filled in my webinar, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Or even having like another person to just promote your thing, like Nabu. I would rather have another person who I can be like, Ashley, things feel like crap. Yeah. And (laughs) the only, because I said this to Ashley a few weeks ago when we, we were like on a Zoom call together. I was like, look, I haven't produced a podcast episode in weeks because quite honestly, the only podcast episode that I could possibly produce right now would be full of F-bombs. And yes, you did. <laughs> and I deeply appreciated that. Right. And like, that's the kind of real honest thing that we're talking about. Like, I would rather have that than somebody who's just going to be another seat in my webinar or promote this thing for me and then disappear, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And those relationships, I think, especially the relationships that start early and then you, you both get to see each other progress. You get to see each mm-hmm. other, you know, succeed, fall down, you know, fall yeah. apart, get back up. Like yeah. <laughs> we've seen some ups and downs, right? And you start to be able to see kind of your own self through the lens of the person that you are connected with. Like, oh, you know what? I have, you know, I've I've mm-hmm. made some progress here. Yes. Um, so it's it's so rewarding on so many levels. I agree, one hundred percent. And I have a good few friends like that online that I'm privileged to know, and I'm thankful for. So yeah. Ah, so good. Okay. So Chelsea, I want to ask if, if someone reads your bio of your life and your career a hundred years from now, what kinds of things do you hope that they read? (laughs) Dropping the big bombs. Okay. (laughs) Um, I hope that they would read that. I laughed a lot. They will. Um, (laughs) Thank you, friend. (laughs) That I felt deeply and was honest about it. um, That I cared about people. That I did so often at the expense of what was seemingly the normal reward. For example, at the expense Mm -hmm. of profit, I cared about people. At the expense of status, I cared about people. I would hope that they would read those things. And I would hope that they wouldn't have to read, but they'd listen to their friends and family members. And and hopefully, you know, maybe it would get passed down that I was able to be brave in my life and I was able to make certain changes in my life. And I'm so proud and thankful for those changes. And oh, yeah, this girl, Chelsea, she was the one who helped me with it. 
Like, I want my name to be an afterthought. I actually don't really care if my name gets mentioned, to be honest. Um, but I want my impact to be that people are able to be brave with their lives and completely change the story that they were planning on writing or the story that was handed to them, you know, like completely transform that story um, because they came in contact with me. Oh, so freaking good. I love that so much. I would love to know because so many of my community members are either new in business or they're going through, I mean, we're all expanding our comfort zones, right? We're all in the process of doing something that's uncomfortable. And if we're not, then we're not yep. pushing ourselves <laughs> hard enough. And so I would love to know for you, what's an area that you are currently working on expanding your comfort zone and uh, growing and pushing yourself? And what does that process look like for you? To be honest, business right now is outside my comfort zone. <laughs> Actually, it's not really business. It's marketing because it's not really the business side. Like I absolutely um, show up for my clients and serve them. And that's really rewarding. So that's not uncomfortable at all. But marketing for me has been uncomfortable for the past several weeks. And um, I've had like several, <laughs> I posted on my social media in, like the other day that like, I don't really know if I have a business anymore and <laughs> I don't really know like what I'm doing. <laughs> so when you all hear me saying these things, as I said, it's not that I have it all together or have all the answers. Um, and then everybody got like super concerned in the comments. <laughs> and I was like, thanks guys. I'm okay. <laughs> Honestly, I'm fine. I'm good. And I have no idea what I'm doing. We've all been there. And so, and, and I mean, this is after like having a lot of success in my career and in my business. Um, I've served some really amazing people at the top of the industry. And so to come from that to be like, uh, is this actually what mm. I want to be doing now? Is Like, does this even make sense with the way that I want to live my life? Hmm. That's kind of uncomfortable but I've not been rushing it I've been very much just like okay I don't know what I'm doing that's all right I'm good I'm okay I have my clients I'm my people to serve I will just keep showing up and see what happens and not try to force myself to market so I haven't been posting a lot of content um I've just I've not been marketing a lot and that's me honoring my energy and meeting myself where I'm at and not making it try to be anything other than what it is right now. When you're pushing your the boundaries of your comfort zone, being honest about where you're at and not trying to make it something else that it's not. We have to learn to sit in it. Like, I think we have to learn to sit in it. And I, I say that and I'm like, I don't want to sit in it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Believe me. I understand. I don't want to be there either. And very often when I am there, I avoid like crazy. Chelsea has some serious avoidance habits that she is working through that involve TV, books, and movies. Okay? <laughs> you are not the only one. <laughs> but I think um, eventually you kind of have to allow yourself kind of like what you were saying Ashley to feel the feels and to be in it and to let that being in it run its course because on the other end of it I promise you and I I don't believe this sometimes I don't believe it for myself but when it happens I look back and I'm like Chelsea that was you knew at the other end of that was like a really rewarding answer 
why did you go through all like <laughs> i promise you there's a rewarding answer at the end of sitting in, in it and allowing it to resolve itself but it begins with sitting in it you have to allow it to run its course and be what it is so um yeah i guess if you are in that place of expanding your comfort zone and it's uncomfortable and you're like can somebody get me out acknowledging that and being like i want to be out of here right now but i am here so let me just be here and see what happens i promise you there's something good on the other side think that there's a point at which as business owners, we tend to treat ourselves as robots, as machines, as we're supposed to show up and mm-hmm. do things perfectly, do things, you know, be active all the time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're human, right? Yeah. We have emotions. We have, um, we need time to fully process our thoughts. We need time to rest. And I think that especially, and like, if not, no other area, in business other than just launching is the place where we tend to treat ourselves the worst. <laughs> yes. It needs to be one of the places where we treat ourselves with kindness and we treat others with kindness mm-hmm. and we treat ourselves as human and recognize that, you know, we're not superheroes. We're, we, I mean, we are superheroes, but we're not superhuman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we need rest. We need to acknowledge our emotions. We need to be with our emotions. We need to be with whatever is coming up because trying to force ourselves to be something else is just not going to lead us where we need to go. No, I heard, or rather I read something the other day um, that kind of talked about the emotional debt that startup founders build up from just like doing what you said, going, 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 and like trying to, and this is specifically to like tech startup founders, but I think it's applicable here. Um, Trying to like, find the next this and do the next that and the next project and the next thing and the next customer and the next this. And it's just like, we tend to build up an emotional debt um, Mm. that at one point or another, we're going to have to face paying it. And when it comes time to pay, listen, (laughs) when you don't pay, it gets ugly. And I also think too, that like, the one thing that I didn't really agree with in this article was that building up that emotional debt is necessary because I think as online business owners, we have the privilege and the honor of not having that necessity. Like if you're out in corporate and you're a tech startup, it's really easy to like fall into that because you have to, you have a board and you have to like do rounds of funding and all these ways that you're taught, right? But as online business owners here more than anything else in this online space, we have freedom to choose a different way. And so we don't have to build up that emotional debt. We can actually turn off the robot button. There is no, actually, there is no robot button. You just pretended that it was there and pushed it and and pretended like, oh, I can do all these things. Ah, no. Not without some kind of emotional consequence. (laughs) And, And we use the word emotions like, it's a hindrance. They're not. They're beautiful. They allow you to stop and process life and be thankful for life. And they alert you to certain things that you need to learn or or teach or deal with. You know, like 
it's not a it's not i mean i know this sounds like really nebulous and like touchy-feely and feminine but quite it's very practical and very real so when we talk about emotions and your inner world and your energy and like really aligning your energy to what it is that you're doing um what we're really talking about is being kind to yourself having grace for yourself and allowing that to become an active part of the way that you do business so much wisdom i just love talking to you i feel like i my (laughs) mind is expanded every time we have a conversation (laughs) i'm so thankful for you too friend i actually i feel exactly the same way Thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining me for this conversation. You can find Chelsea on Instagram at The Launch Copy Coach, on her website at thechelseawallace.com, and her podcast, Launching and Learning, on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Whether you're planning your first launch or your 50th, you can create the experience that best serves you and your community. And as Chelsea said, it's honoring on all fronts. Thank you so much to everyone who's rated the podcast. It helps others find the show. And a special thanks to everyone taking the time to write a review. Your words mean more to me than you know. Be well, my friends. I'll see you next time.